Parchment. The story has been told and repeated in many versions, but basically it involves a wealthy man who bought or was given an expensive mezuzah, the cover of which was made of gold and silver, appropriate to his fine taste. Years later, he was visited by the person he obtained it from, and the visitor asked him if he had periodically examined the mezuzah to check for faults, cracked or missing letters, etc. The wealthy man, not capable of such an expert examination, told the visitor to go ahead and check it himself. When the visitor removed the mezuzah box from the doorpost, he discovered that it was empty inside. Where's the parchment, he asked. The wealthy man replied, oh, you mean the use instructions? I had no use for them, so I discarded them. The ignorant rich man had no idea that the real mezuzah is the parchment and the two chapters of Shema Yisrael written on them. The fancy cover box was just that, a box to adorn the mezuzah, not the mezuzah itself. Rav Biederman likes, likens this to the young man in shul who asked him to check if his tefillin shalrosh is matched up and perfectly centered on his head and not leaning to one side or the other. Rav Biederman wondered if this man thought about the four parchments inside the tefillin boxes and replied, you are so focused on the placement of your shalrosh, are you as concentrated on the parchment inside your tefillin to make sure that the words of God that are written on them should enter your head and that the words of God that are written on your tefillin shalyad should enter your nearby heart? Or are the parchments inside treated like use instructions to be discarded? How often do we concentrate on the attachment or secondary item instead of on the main issue? How often do we focus on the immediate minor problem only to ignore the long-term major challenge? We say things every day without much thought, but just as in Torah study, it is not enough just to recite words like a parakeet, but rather the text, commentaries, and writings must be understood. So too in our prayers and in donning talis and tefillin, we must realize what we are doing and what and what we are committing ourselves to, to God and Torah mean. Could we take a lesson from the Holocaust when Jews risked their lives just to put on tefillin? If they had tefillin, many would rise at 2 a.m. to don them early, before the halachic time, in order to evade detection by the murderers. One Jew, Jacob Frankel, described what transpired in Buchenwald. Do not think that the most expensive commodity in Buchenwald was bread, he said. My experience taught me that there was a much more valuable kind of purchase there, a pair of tefillin. Frankel went on to describe how a Ukrainian capo stole a pair of tefillin from the SS storehouse and sold them to a group of Ger Hasidim for four rations of bread. Even though wearing tefillin is not reckoned among the, those few commandments which must be observed even at the cost of one's life, Jews throughout history always understood what the Talmud in Rosh Hashanah, Yud, Zion, Aleph teaches. A head that does not wear tefillin is considered a grave sinner. Rabbi Tzvi Hirschmeisels wrote that in Auschwitz, the mitzvah of tefillin was so beloved because it kept broken spirits from losing their faith. May we take inspiration from our tefillin and never forget the holy words on the parchment they are written on. Shabbat Shalom.